The more like Christ you become, the more different from culture you will be. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today we have part two of Stephen Furtick's message about the danger of a dream. Here's Stephen. The weird thing about our church is that a lot of times people will be attracted to our church because it's different. And then when they get to the church, they'll start trying to tell us how we need to make it like the church that they left to come to the church that was different. I don't want to say amen to the preacher today. It's the truest thing. Like You're attracted to something because it's different. And uh, they even say this in marriage that before marriage, opposites attract and then opposites attack because you're attracted to what's different. You're drawn to what's different. Not at first. At first, you fear it. That's why they had to take the uh, old town road off of the uh, billboard charts on country music because it was too different. They couldn't, they couldn't find a category for it. And they said, it's not country enough, but it's not rap enough. And we don't know what it is. It's different. That's why they crucified Jesus. You know you don't have many preachers that can put Lil Nas X and Jesus in the same paragraph, but he was so different. We don't know what to do with him. He's grace and truth. He's different. Somebody shout, I'm different. And I don't mean different in style. I mean different in substance. I don't mean different just for the sake of difference because that's frankly kind of annoying, and there's always a temptation. You know, I've noticed that some people just want to be different just to be different, but there's nothing different about being different to be different. There's something about being different because you have a different set of values and a different dream. See, I don't just, I don't just dream of making it through the day. I don't just dream of surviving my life. I don't just dream. When you get a dream, it'll make you different. You'll start sacrificing, and people will think you're crazy because of what you sacrifice. Even if you go on a diet because you have a dream to lose 20 pounds, the first thing that everybody around you is going to say is, you're not fun anymore. You used to be so much fun. You used to just eat all the time. Now, don't let the fact that they don't have the discipline to eat something different cause you to give up on a goal that you set that's real for your life. And if it's true with a diet, it's much more true with destiny. I wonder, have you been dumbing down yourself because to be different is too painful? And if you're not careful, you will be conformed to the patterns of this world rather than being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Christians are supposed to see different, think different, understand different. It's a different perspective. I always thought that Joseph's life was a story about perseverance. You know, Joseph had a dream when he was young, and then he had to go through a lot of things. But you know, don't give up because eventually you will achieve your dream. Yet that is a cultural understanding of dreams, not a Christian understanding of dreams, not a scriptural understanding of dreams. And we have a really bad habit of taking a concept like a dream and then overlaying our own preferences and our own prejudices on that concept. And so we make it what it's not, and we miss what it is. Because it's really common for people to say, Follow your dreams. Yet, 
If you study the life of Joseph, and I mean really read every single word, jot and tittle, every single indention, every single period and comma, like I did preparing to preach this, you will see a phrase iterated over and over again, no matter what he went through, that says, the Lord was with Joseph. That's a statement about God's presence. You will see that wherever he was, God promoted him, and that's a statement about purpose. But the story of Joseph is not about getting a dream and holding on tight to the dream and persevering, because I used to think this was the story of Joseph. Like, don't let anybody talk you out of your dream. If your mom told you that you're gonna be the next, you know, the next whatever, just hold on to your dream. And then anybody who doesn't agree with your dream is a hater. Maybe not. Maybe your mom just loved you too much to hear the bad notes you were hitting, and you're not supposed to be a professional singer. Just a thought. No, I'm sick of it. I'm really sick of it. Because we take Joseph. It's not fair to Joseph. Joseph went through this whole life. He was, he was called and chosen, and there was all kind of conflict that came along. And we're like, Joseph had a dream. Do you have a dream? Would you like to open your own company? Be like Joseph. Have a dream, and then you can make it from the pit to the palace. Hold on in the pit, because there's a palace on the other side. Let me go into it for a moment. That is not the story of Joseph's life. The story of Joseph's life has nothing to do with if you have a dream that you can think of that's big enough, God is obligated to bless it. Watch this. Joseph didn't ask God for a dream. Joseph did not make a vision board. That doesn't mean you can't make one. I've made a few myself. Let's just be clear that we mean the same thing when we say a dream. And then, and then it becomes very devastating. Watch this, because your dream can become a distraction. Joseph's dream was very specific and, and epic, and it had broad implications, you know. And he tells his brothers his dream. He comes out in his coat one day, and they're like, oh God, this guy. And so he comes over, and they're like, you talk to him this time. I'm sick of talking to him. He's like, hey guys, guess what? I had a dream. You want to hear my dream? <laughs> They're like, no, we hate your dream, we hate your coat, we hate your voice, we hate you, you're different. But he didn't really, he didn't really care if they wanted to hear it, he was going to tell them anyway. Joseph needed a journal, by the way, so he could write some of this down and not tell other people. He needed somewhere he could just process his dreams where he didn't let other people get involved too soon. Nevertheless, even Joseph's inability to discern the nature of the dream and who was capable of handing it played a part in leading him to the place where he could do the dream that God put in his heart. Did you feel God on that, what I just said? Because God's dream for my life will involve my decisions, even if my decisions are immature. God will use some of the desires in your heart that aren't good desires at first, but Psalm 37.4 says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, and he will take the desires that you had and purify them, and he will rinse them, and he will separate the wheat from the chaff to bring you to an ultimate place of purpose. 
But when Joseph started sharing his dream with his brothers, it was all about him. Hey, I had a dream, and we were, it was it was awesome. We were binding our sheaves of grain, and we were in like your sheaves. We started bowing down to my sheaves, and and isn't that awesome? And they're like, no, it's not awesome. We hate your dream. We hate your coat. We hate your. And he's like, but but I, then I had another dream, and in this dream there were eleven stars. I don't know why Joseph sounds like Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> There were eleven stars and a sun and a moon, and they were all bowing down to me. Isn't my dream awesome? And they're like, No, we don't we, we don't like your dream. In fact, we hate your dream so much that we are about to push you in a pit and leave you for dead. And if it hadn't have been for Reuben, who decided we should at least get twenty shekels of silver out of this boy, there's no need to kill him when we can profit off of him, they wouldn't have sold him to the Ishmaelite caravan, they would have left him for dead. But understand that even Joseph's decision to speak about his dream prematurely was part of what God used to motivate his brothers to push him in the pit. At the same time they did that, an Ishmaelite caravan was setting out to bring uh, 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 whoever they would pick up along the way back to the place of slavery. Now, it was a place of slavery at that point, but it would ultimately become a place of deliverance. I'm going to teach the Bible today. Because when Joseph was picked up and put in Potiphar's house, he served so well in Potiphar's house that everything Potiphar put under him prospered. And so when Potiphar saw how Joseph served, he promoted him to a position of influence. But he wouldn't have been in Potiphar's house to begin with if he hadn't been pushed in a pit. And he wouldn't have been pushed in a pit if he didn't wear a coat. And so when you leave your coat in the closet and downplay your dream to fit in with people who don't like you because you're different, you can't end up in the position you need to be in. I'm preaching to somebody who's different. The more like Christ you become, the more different from culture you will be. And it's all right to be weird. And it's all right to have hope. And it's all right to have vision. And it's all right to know who you are. And all of this happened because Joseph had a dream. And yet, Joseph's dream looked nothing when it finally happened like it looked in the distance when he first saw it. Can you relate to this? That was Stephen Furtick, and you can find that clip and the whole message on YouTube if you search under Stephen Furtick, The Danger of a Dream. You can also find out more information about him at his website, stephenfurtick.com. I hope you have an amazingly blessed day, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless. God bless.